0: Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. I'm Sean Cheong, and today with me, I got Abhilash Narayan, the senior investment strategist of Standard Chartered Private Bank, as he unpacks with me many things today, such as what the Fed Chair Jerome Powell has been saying. So, good morning, Abhilash.
1: Good morning, Sean.
0: Good morning. So, let's kick us off. What's your take on what the Fed Chair Jerome Powell has been saying, including today? Uh,
1: Well, I think if if we take a look at the uh, testimony we got from Fed Chair Powell uh, last night, three things really stand out to me. So firstly, uh, you know, Fed Chair Powell guided towards two more rate hikes, uh, and that highlighted his focus in in terms of fighting inflation. But at the same time, he used the analogy that uh, the driver starts to decelerate the car as we approach a destination. And he used that to imply that, you know, the pace of future rate hikes may be moderate. But the interesting thing there was the markets yet again ignored Fed Chair Powell because... Both in the FOMC meeting and the testimony, he's guided towards two rate hikes, whereas markets continue to expect one rate hike. The second sort of interesting thing is there seems to be more divergence in in Fed. So we saw Fed President Bostic on the same day as Fed Chair Powell say that, you know, uh, excessive rate hikes could be damaging for the economy. So that highlights that not everyone in FOMC is on the same page. And I think the third one is uh, the testimony focused on inflation and banking sector regulations. Powell was was not asked about impact of rate hikes on growth and and job market. So, you know, it gives the Fed a bit more breathing room from, from our perspective. Perspective.
0: So, as you mentioned, um, Fed Chair says something, the market does something else. Do you feel that everyone's getting a bit tired and the Fed just doesn't have the same credibility
1: anymore? Well, to a certain degree, yes. Uh, the Fed and a lot of other central banks across the world did lose a bit of credibility with markets given the fact that we saw inflation touch multi-decade highs uh, last year. But I would, I would still say that in, in terms of tackling inflation, the Fed has probably done a better job than, let's say, uh, ECB or even Bank of England. Uh, I mean, we just saw last uh, last night that uh, UK inflation continues to be very sticky. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of market sort of uh, exhaustion, but... Uh, I don't think we can read more into that beyond that. Right. So on that note, uh, markets seem to
0: be building up for a tussle with the central banks this summer, With assets have surged in recent weeks after overcoming several hurdles. Could you kindly elaborate on what these hurdles were?
1: Well, yeah, I think uh, if you look at equity markets, we've seen uh, quite a robust rally this year. Uh, and it, it seems to us that financial markets can um, are starting to get disconnected from fundamentals. So yes, I mean, if you think about US economic data, it's been more resilient than expected, but, you know, still weak at an aggregate level. And if you think about it, the recent equity rally has sort of overcome or ignored a few sort of uh, key risks that investors were looking at. So first of all, we think about banking sector crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen multiple banks in US fail. We've seen Credit with being acquired by UBS. Uh, and all of these uh, banking sector stresses are going to lead to tighter lending standards, which will lead to slower economic growth. So equities seem to have ignored that. We've, we've been through US debt ceiling drama, equities continue to pass beyond that. And I think uh, we've seen inflation being sticky. We've seen Australian central bank RBA, Canadian central bank uh, do surprise rate hikes because inflation was sticky. Today we've got Bank of England decision, and you know markets are worried that you know you could see a 50 basis point rate hike from from uh, UK central bank. So even though inflation has been stickier. Uh, equity markets are ignoring that. And obviously, we've got the risk of looming recession. So, you know, equity positioning is starting to look a little sort of stretched to us at the moment, given these fundamental risks.
0: Right. You mentioned core inflation across developed markets are going to remain sticky. Uh, What does that mean for investor positioning since it's going to turn a bit more hawkish?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, that's that's the big dichotomy. So if you think about U.S. equities, for example, we are sort of in the bull market territory or thereabouts, uh, despite inflation being quite, quite sticky. And if you think about U.S. markets themselves, uh, you know, tech sector has been the main part of the market which has been driving equities higher. If you actually exclude tech sector, you know, the rest of the market performance is, is actually quite lackluster. So, you know, we think that uh, investor positioning in, in tech and sort of AI related stocks is starting to look a bit stretched. Uh, so from from our perspective, we'd actually use the recent rally to uh, as an opportunity to take profit and rotate into Asian equities and Japanese equities where we think valuations are a lot more reasonable or actually uh, add exposure to high-quality investment-grade bonds.
0: Right, so you're saying that the ongoing AI-led value is really something we should be cautious
1: about. It's difficult to, to say whether we should uh, completely sort of uh, uh, pare down exposure to AI-related stocks, but I mean, we've all seen the, the price rise in some ai AI-related stocks such as NVIDIA, etc., the the elevated uh, valuations that they are trading at. And and see, uh, if we go back and and look at history at at previous instances of uh, market exuberance, it is quite possible that ai rally can extend, you know, despite, uh, you know, the central bank related risk, despite the elevated valuations. So, you know, we think that maintaining sort of a neutral stance is is, is probably a more balanced approach. So you still participate in the rally, but you don't excessively change the rally. So it's important investors maintain diversified allocations at the moment. Right. So on
0: that note, then how should, should we manage our risk? Should we be managing our risk even more given this
1: durability and strength that we're seeing in this market rally? Yes, I mean, absolutely. Investors should always, well, look to manage their downside risk. But in, in today's environment, there is so much uncertainty. we have got uh, the risk of recession, the central bank interest rates at levels we've never seen. So we don't know how uh, the economy will react to that uh, from, a, from a lagged impact perspective. And we know where uh, equity market valuations are. So we think that diversification makes sense to, to manage risk. Okay. And when we talk about diversification, it's not just equities versus bonds. It's also geographical diversification because you know while U.S. and European central banks are hiking rates, BOC is cutting rates. Bank of Japan is keeping monetary policy very easy, and that's why we think uh, allocating more to Asia is is a good way to diversify the risks uh, in investor risk portfolios.
0: Right. So on the note of diversification and the AI rally, let's just say we have a S&P 400 because we move all the mega caps, tech stocks, and we leave everybody else in it. So then, in this situation, how should AI be considered? Should it be considered a growth center
1: or a cost center? Or does it even matter? That's a great question, and unfortunately, uh, it's it's one which is difficult to answer. So, you know, uh, AI has been called, I think the fourth industrial revolution. So, you know, if use of AI leads to you know a good amount of productivity improvements then actually AI, use of AI could actually be a growth center but you know if companies at an individual level do not manage to sort of use the AI driven productivity improvements then actually uh, you know it, it could lead to cost centers so I think we'll only get an answer around this in, in the next few years uh, it's, it's, it's something we have to watch out for
0: right. On the note of things to watch out for what is the standard charter's base case for the next 12 months? So
1: from our perspective, we think that there is a, a, a still 70 to 75 percent probability of, of a U.S. recession, but we we expect it to be a soft landing, uh, and that's why we think uh, you know allocating more to high quality investment grade bonds makes sense because you know you get an attractive yield of uh, of five five and a half percent for investment grade corporates in, in U.S. and the risk there is is quite low, uh, and we think that you know as I mentioned, allocating more to Asia, Asia Japan equities, Japanese equities, and even Asian dollar bonds. Uh, is a preferred st- strategy because valuations there are a lot more reasonable. And, you know, the economic backdrop is, is more supportive. Right. Okay. Thank you very much,
0: Abhidash. And uh, that's very, very insightful. And you have a good day, yeah? Thank you so much, Sean. All right. That was Abhidash Narayanan, the Senior Investment Strategist of Standard Chartered Private Bank. And that was The Bigger Picture. I'm Sean Cheong and this is MoneyFM 89.3. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.